0: Acts chapter 8, verses 30 through 35. I promise I won't be here long, amen, That's amen belongs there. Amen. 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 And uh, I got food at home cooking and I cannot let it uh, go bad. So we're going to make sure we get in and get out, amen. amen. Acts chapter 8, verses 30 through 35. And it begins here, at verse 30, and it reads, Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture. The eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent. the gospel about Jesus. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. If I were licensed to do such a thing, if I were ordained and folks had laid hands on me and I had stood up and declared my intentions to preach and be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, we might be dealing with the topic of life-changing conversations. Yeah, 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 that'll work. Life-changing conversations. That's my sermon topic, if you didn't know that. That's that's called life-changing conversations. I listen to Pastor Bates in his eloquence search for the correct title to refer to me by. Now, for most people, you probably didn't pick up on that but I was listening with a keen ear beat and he didn't use the word preacher to describe me because we've confused in the church. I'm getting there. That's where my sermon is starting right now. We've confused what the word preacher means especially in the church. Well, well, David, there was a place where I should know what the definition of preacher means it would be in the church well, well, well. but see in our vernacular in our common speak we can't use the word preacher too loosely sister Julia because if we say someone is a preacher we think of them sitting in a particular spot wearing a particular suit well, carrying a particular yeah, bible yeah, yeah, yeah. going to a particular theological institution well, well. serving a particular length of time But the Bible teaches me that once we accept Christ, we all are preachers. So as I look out, you all are preachers. If you've accepted Christ. Oh, I know you didn't know you had that title. (laughs) But I'm here to clean up that that, that confusion today. You're all preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there is a distinction. I want to make that distinction. There's a distinction in standing up in the church and declaring your intention to serve in the capacity officially as a minister of God's gospel. Yes, there's a difference. But that is the church's way of dealing with your declaration of being and minister. Come on, Come on. But just like all the great preachers that are accounted in scripture, you were ordained by the Holy Spirit hey, stay, to carry forth yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I couldn't find Moses' ordination letter, D, when I looked for it in my Bible. <laughs> I looked hard for Jonah's letter of ordination, D. When I was studying my Bible, I looked hard for Paul's letter of ordination when I was studying my Bible. I looked hard for Jesus Christ's letter of ordination when I was studying my Bible. Bible. Couldn't find it. Brother Kenny, I couldn't find it. So I want to get that first point clear. We all are preachers, which is why I think we have so much trouble with being intentional Evangelists. Mm, now right now we have confused the responsibility of telling people about Jesus Christ yes. with formal titles and declarations in the church yes. as opposed to the actual call and commission of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now I can stop teaching right there. Yes. And those who were filled with the Spirit would go home and get something out of that. But I want to give y'all y'all's money's worth today, amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to keep on moving, sister. Yeah, yeah. Amen. amen. Teach free. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So as we look at our scripture today for Christian Ed Sunday, we've got two people who are primarily focused in on in the natural sense. We've got Philip, who was one of the first seven deacons ever in the church of Jesus Christ, amen. When the church was first formed, he was chosen as one of the first seven deacons to carry out the responsibility of, of seeing to the widows and dispensing food. And yet, we find him preaching the gospel, amen. The Ethiopian eunuch is who Philip is, is having this conversation with that's accounted in scripture. The Ethiopian eunuch was a high-ranking official in the candake court. That word candake was the title that was used at that time to refer to the queen of the Ethiopians. So here we have an intersection between the, sub, the subcontinent of Africa, people from Africa, engaging with the early church. Amen. All right, all right. For those of you who are interested in such things, the word candake is actually transliterated into English or into Latin as Candice. And this is where we get the name Candace from. So all the women that you know in your lives who you call Candace, because that's their gift, that's their given name, they are, in fact, should be thought of as queens. Amen. amen, amen. I don't know if there's any Candaces in here, but you should have said amen right there. Amen. <laughs> now, a eunuch was someone who was castrated yeah, yeah, yeah. because they were to serve women. And at the time, it was believed that these men may be overwhelmed by the beauty and the, and the availability of these women in, their, in their, who, are under their, who are under their care. So they would be castrated as boys having their man parts removed wow. as to never be tempted or able physically to sexually harm a woman. So we see that this eunuch is someone who ranked highly in the court of the Ethiopian queen, the Kandake. He was, in, he was a high-ranking official. And this person was studying the scriptures, trying to understand the prophet Isaiah. Now, you can see that this is creating a great opportunity for God to work, amen? Oftentimes, I find that people are curious why God isn't working in their lives, but it might start with them not being the ones reading the word of God, amen? I find that God works all the time in my life, especially when I'm find myself studying see, the Word yeah, of God. I Amen. See. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but if you find that God seems to be absent from working in your life, you might want to start studying, oh, there it is, church, the Word of God. Yeah, that's a whole another sermon all together, so I'm going to give you that one for free. Amen. Amen. We're going to move on to this, this first preaching point, however. And I want to talk to you about the formula, if you will, for evangelism. We see here that, that Philip takes advantage of the curiosity That's the first one, curiosity of the eunuch. He, in obedience to the Holy Spirit, Philip runs and seizes the opportunity afforded to him by the curiosity of the eunuch. This is what we need to do in our lives, amen, when we hear people pondering philosophy and hear people talking about theology on our jobs. In our families, in our communities When we hear people studying the word of God Or asking questions about things that come in contact with the word of God yes. That's your opportunity Amen. Being afforded to you by the Holy Spirit Rayleigh, mm-hmm. To go and start a conversation with somebody right. About who Jesus Christ yes. Actually yes. is Amen. One of the things that was procured to me Was that the scripture, verse 30 says That Philip ran to the chariot Yes, He didn't Drag his feet Mm -hmm. to the chariot. (laughs) Well, well. He didn't slide to the chariot, but he got up and ran to the chariot. This running shows me that Philip heeded the direction of the Holy Spirit with a sense of urgency. Urgency. That it had to happen right now. It had to happen in this moment, right now, that I have to go and speak to this unit. That I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait to invite them to my church for my pastor to tell them the gospel. I can't wait to invite them to the men's ministry meeting. I can't wait to invite them to the women of grace. I can't wait to invite them to the taste of my olive. I've got to go and tell them right now (laughs) who Jesus Christ is. Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38. In our recited reading, in our uh, order of service, we we quote this scripture every Sunday. And it says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers The folks who go out and actually do stuff and not just sit around talking about it, not just sit around looking at it, not just sitting around talking about how it should be done, but the actual workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest the one with authority over the harvest yeah, yeah, yeah. the one in control of the harvest cool. the yeah. one who owns the field out, the man. one who planted the crops yeah, yeah, the yeah, one who yeah. set the rain on the crops yeah, the say, one say. who walked the field and let made sure the weeds were gone the one who hired the men ask him yeah, therefore right. yeah. yeah. to send out workers yeah. into his harvest field yeah. 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 in agricultural terms once a crop was ready to be harvested, it had to be harvested with urgency. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example from my own personal experience. I messed around and listened to people like Brother John and Deacon Durham, got <laughs> my job, taught me to plant a garden this past year. <laughs> I ain't worked so hard for so few vegetables, <laughs> but they were good. Amen. <laughs> hey, and I tell you, when Graham um, Wilson, when the tomatoes came in, I was so happy. I was out there every day checking to see how red they were, see how full and pumped they were, putting a little bit of water, sister forward on them, making sure they had exactly what they needed, amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when it got right, right, not before, but right when it got right, Joe, my first tomato, something had already taken a bite out of it. <laughs> If I didn't know any better can give, I think I saw some salt and pepper somewhere down there <laughs> where the squirrel or the bird or whatever right, right. made them a tomato sandwich, amen. <laughs> I had to go every day in that garden and get those vegetables mm, right. time they, they, were, they were ready to be picked. If I left them out there too long, right. something would get them and tear them up. Yeah. Eat them. This is how it is with souls in the kingdom of God. I mean, I mean, it, man. Jesus says the harvest is ready, yeah. but yeah. the workers are few. Yeah. If a harvest isn't isn't picked and, and brought in with urgency, it, and if it's allowed to linger, valuable produce would be lost to pests, yeah. weather conditions, yeah. or worse yet, simply rotting decay as it falls to the ground because of, far- of the farmer's sloth and laziness or as my father Frank Smallwood would say sorryness, amen (laughs) (laughs) Jesus conveys to us the urgency of sharing the gospel through this example and imagery of outnumbered farmers tirelessly working to harvest crops before they were lost that's the example of that verse that we see imagine having too many tomatoes to pick before they start falling to the ground and rotten and the birds came and got it and the squirrels came and made the sandwiches out of it that is what the image is shown to us as in the scriptures Yes, that the harvest is ready why do farmers plant crops? it's not to water it's not to weed it's not to have their field with something in it it's the harvest yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ Not so that we can look good in sweating suits, but so that we can harvest souls. When the Ethiopian eunuch showed that he was confused about the Old Testament scriptures of Isaiah, Philip provided knowledgeable, here's my second seed, counsel. Which led them into a conversation About Jesus He went and listened To the man ask him questions He was prepared to give the man Answers yeah. to his questions Almost in the spirit of 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 20 Where it says we are therefore Christ's ambassadors yeah, yeah. As though God were making his appeal Through us yeah. Through me mm-hmm. Through you yeah. Yeah. We implore you
1: yeah. We
0: ask you we need you. Yeah. We want you to do it right now. Yeah, yeah, right. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Yeah, yeah. Be reconciled to God. That's what we preach. Uh-huh. Come to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. An ambassador, for those who are wondering, is an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank, accredited to a foreign government or sovereign As the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. Let me break that down if you don't mind. Some of y'all vocabularies are better than mine. But for those of you who may may already know this, just turn this piece of it off. Amen. I'm not here forever. (laughs) Sister (laughs) Cynthia, I'm not here forever. One day. Y'all going to drag me into this church, mm-hmm. 10 men instead of eight because I'm big, yeah. and yeah. stretch me out right there in front of the bull pit, mercy, and somebody's going to preach over a dead body. Mercy, Guess what's going to happen to Jameson Smallwood? No. I'm here on a temporary assignment. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I've got dual citizenship, Sister Jackie. I am home with my Lord in That's heaven, saying, but I live in the yeah. United yeah. States yeah. of America. Yeah. And for those of you who are wondering You can go on and make America great again Because I'm going to heaven So I don't care what happens Down here I'm on temporary assignment This is my summer home if you will I'm on vacation In this area Known as Woodstock, Georgia yeah, And I've been given a message I've been given an assignment yeah, By yeah. the one who sent me yeah. The day he saved me yeah. From my sins right. sense, I was told to go tell somebody, tell somebody. That Jesus Christ yeah. Is Lord yeah. so Glory yeah. to God. Yeah. It's cool to kick my feet back While I'm down here chilling in the blessings of God yeah. uh-huh. But I'm on assignment, Deacon Dave. You're on assignment, church. Amen. You've got to go and tell somebody why you've got the opportunity that you have that Jesus Christ is Lord. John 9, verses 4 through 5 say, As long, this is Jesus speaking, as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, Jesus says I am the light of the world. Just as Jesus' earthly ministry had a day it would end on the crucifixion, our lives, my life, your life in ministry, opportunities have a similar day that they will end. While our own lack of involvement And disobedience does not stop the will of Almighty God. Our sloth, and as my father would say, our sorriness in saving souls limits our involvement and the blessings that come from radical urgency in reaching the lost. When I'm in heaven, I hope that I get the crown of glory that comes from having witnessed to someone and they yeah. came to Christ. Yeah. I want my he- I want my crown to be blinged out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bling, bling. Yeah, bling bling. Every time I walk around heaven, bling bling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thousands of souls saved, bling bling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that type of glory, uh-huh. and the only way to get it is to go out and witness and tell someone that Jesus Christ is Lord. While it is not recorded in scripture, the exact details of the conversation Philip shared with the eunuch, it is clear that it had life-changing and internal impact on the eunuch. The conviction, my third seed, has taken over While there are many joyous aspects to a life surrendered to Jesus, Jesus' lordship, I can tell you about how he hears your prayers and he answers them. Yes. I can tell you how he can keep you during the darkest time of your life. Yes, yes. I can tell you about how he blessed me to see my grandmother one more time before she went home to glory. I can it tell you yeah, yeah. how he can bless you with a home and he can bless you with material things. I can tell you about all types of wondrous and beautiful, oh, a, beautiful yes, privileges yes, yes, that come from a life yes, surrendered yes, to, yes. to the Lordship of Jesus yes. Christ. Amen. But the one that I must never forget mm-hmm. is that it is more important to tell you that your sins have been forgiven. If you find yourself walking around trying to resolve in your heart, how can I be such a miserable wretch? How can I keep falling short day by day of God's standard? Maybe you don't even know God's standard. Maybe you just sense that I'm not right. whatever your feeling is and that conviction is in your heart I'm here to tell you today so that you can go and tell somebody tomorrow that Jesus Christ has died for your sins that that he has forgiven you for your sins we must always communicate for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God including me but for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life that's the message we communicate stop talking about pray for healing stop talking about pray for your car stop talking about pray for your house make sure that person knows that jesus christ died for them And if a person loves you enough to die for you, then he loves you enough to give you a house. Then he loves you enough to give you a car. Then he loves you enough to touch cancer and heal bone. Then he loves you enough to to fix marriages. Then he loves you enough to fix families. Then he loves you enough to get promotion in your job. Then he loves you enough to bless your church. Then he loves you enough to expand your parking lot. Then he loves you enough to fix your family. Loves you enough to expand yourself so far. He loves you enough yeah. to do whatever you can think yeah. of. Yeah. 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 but you got to start with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Stop being spiritual gold diggers trying to get the gold without the relationship. Woo! Relationship has its yes privileges. It does. Yes. You want all this. Yeah. But Jesus Christ wants this. Yeah. My final point. I told you we wouldn't be long. The conversion took place. That's my final C. In the illumin- re- illuminating revelation of the gospel. The good news Philip was commissioned, not by man, but by the Holy Spirit to share. Philip witnessed the spiritual rebirth and salvation of the eunuch. If you share the gospel, you have an opportunity to impact your community. The eunuch ruled in the court of the Ethiopian queen. He was a politician, Deacon, Deacon Durham. Wouldn't it be nice, <laughs> Look out, <man>. Deacon Gibbs, <laughs> Look out, man. if the White House <laughs> out, was in the hands <laughs> out, and the influence yeah. of yeah. someone yeah. Yeah. who knew yeah. and accepted the gospel? Yeah. 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 Wouldn't it be nice yeah. if yeah. City Hall yeah. Yeah. was run by someone who had accepted yeah, the yeah. gospel yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice If your senators and representatives yeah, Were and in say. a senate And a house of representatives yeah, uh-huh. Full of people who accepted Hallelujah. The gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to see Your government uh-huh. impacted yeah. Changed and blessed Because people have relationship Who are running it with Jesus Christ yeah. Yeah. The encounter Between yeah. Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch had no had had, had a profound impact right. on not only the eunuch, and clearly, because he was genuinely changed, yeah. the work he would be doing right. in the court of the Ethiopian queen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Matthew 5, 13 says, You, 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 me, us, we are the salt yeah. of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out red and and trampled underfoot. Last point I'm teaching, I'm sitting down. Salt is a preservative. Salt is a preservative. It is used to preserve... Is used to preserve that which we want, here it is, church, to save. Well, 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 well. That's all. As the salt of the world, yeah. we are supposed to be the ones to help save it. Amen. amen. It. amen. It. Oh, I gotta come back through there because I ain't enough amens on amen. this one. Y'all say amen. We can I can sit down, we can go home. The salt <laughs> is a preservative. Yeah, yeah. When you buy beef jerky. It's full of salt When you buy green beans and canned goods It's full of salt When you go to the grocery store and buy deli meat It's full of salt The reason it's full of salt Is because salt is a preservative They don't want to lose Nothing in them cans They don't want to lose nothing in that deli They don't want to lose nothing in them grocery store So they fill it Here it is church With salt They want to save it You come and it, yeah, yeah. and the goal that we have is the soul of the earth yeah. is to save the world. Come yeah. tell and was found guilty on a a a a bunch of trumped up charges. Uh, and he's at the right hand of God. Interfeal for me. It for you. But we gotta go and tell somebody. We gotta tell somebody. We gotta tell somebody. As I take my seat, I've got one question to ask. When's the last time you've had a life-changing conversation?